Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11, verse 52. When I read this scripture for the first time, I was afraid. I was, you, you, you will see why. <laughs> I think you've already seen it, right? <laughs> yeah. I was shaken because I knew my career path when I was younger. When I read it, I was like, I'm doomed, oh God. Woe to you, lawyers. He's talking to Muita and the colleagues. <laughs> Luke chapter number 11, verse 52. It says, Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering you hindered. Very interesting. Our key focus there is the Bible actually shows us there's such a thing called the key of knowledge. There's such a thing called the key of knowledge. Now, why this is important is because... Um, you must understand that knowledge is actually a key. Where you are in life is a function of what you know or don't know. You can't do or say something that you don't know. Of course, there are people, say politicians, who talk about things they don't know about. It's, it's crazy. But generally, you will notice that everything about your life is a function of what you know. So you are a product of the knowledge you've consumed from the time you were young. You understand, right? Even for the way you make money in this world, it's a function of what you know. You are paid for what you know. No one pays you for what you don't know. No, because you don't know, sir, here's a hundred quart. No one pays you for what you don't know. That means the more knowledge you have and the more knowledge you're able to put into use, the more you can take your life higher. You understand, eh? Any person who you see has go who has gone ahead of you. Perhaps there's something that they know that you don't know. Or there's something that they've accessed that perhaps you've not yet accessed. So there's such a thing called the key of knowledge. So the reason why we have to interrogate what this means is because the knowledge of the scriptures is also very important for a believer. It's quite critical for you to have the, the correct, accurate knowledge of the scriptures. If you have wrong information about the Bible, it means you, have, you may have wrong information about Christianity in general. There are a number of people who quote scriptures that don't exist. Yeah. There are a number of people who quote scriptures that don't exist. For example, growing up, I was told, no, in this world, your parents are your second God. That's what the Bible says. These are weird. Some of you have heard such things before, eh? These are strange things that don't exist in the scriptures. There is no other God in this world or the next, except Jehovah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying dishonor your parents. Please honor them. The Bible tells you to honor them. There is honor that's due to parents. But I'm just trying to show you that there are certain things that a lot of people have been taught that, ex that are not necessarily accurate according to the scriptures. So for you to actually enter into certain places according to the word of God, you will need the correct information, the correct knowledge of the word of God. If you have wrong information, there are people who have been condemned all their lives for what they've done simply because they've never actually heard that Jesus forgave them a long time ago. So it means... Someone can live their whole life in a debt that Jesus paid. 
think about it. Someone can be bound their whole lives in the, when freedom was paid for by Jesus over 2,000 years ago. The difference between the person who walks in freedom and the person who walks bound is simply knowledge. I don't know if you understand that. The difference between you and the person who knows more than you actually in this world is simply knowledge. Even your relationship with God, how you interact with God is a function of the knowledge you have of the scriptures. You can't function or you can't, you can't have a proper relationship with God if you have wrong information about the scriptures. Because the word of God is the mind of God. The word of God shows us the character of God. Okay, okay let, let me put it this way. When you get to read the scriptures generally, all right, especially when you move from the Old Testament and to the New Testament, you realize that Jesus began to correct certain practices that were done in the Old Testament. There were certain things that were done in the Old Testament that were foreign according to the nature of God. I'll give you an example. One time in the Bible, all right, there was the prophets of Baal and there was also Elijah. Remember that, right? Elijah wanted to prove who his God was. And guess what he did? He caught down fire from heaven, right? Did fire come from heaven? Yes, literal fire. Not this Holy Ghost fire you shout. <laughs> literal fire came down from heaven and consumed the altars. You understand, right? That was a miracle, mind-blowing miracle. When Jesus' message was rejected, the disciples wanted to do the same. Say, Lord, can we call down fire like Elijah did? Jesus rebuked us. Whose spirit are you of? In other words, he was shocked that you could think about such. That means he was disagreeing with Elijah. Wow. <laughs> he was disagreeing. So whose spirit are you of? That's why it shocks me that someone can actually stand in front of people and tell people, let's kill witches in prayer. What are you? How are you? No, think about it. How? The, the same blood that is supposed to save is now killing. It means anyone who starts praying, no, suffer not the ways to live. That means they are living according to Moses, not according to Jesus. Jesus never killed anyone. So no, no, anyone in your family who is a witch, let's die by fire. What do you mean? By what fire? Let's start from there. By what fire are we killing? Hey. I thought mercy triumphs over judgment. The only thing God has shown us is mercy. Why are we exhibiting judgment? God is merciful. And can I tell you something? Even if there was someone who was practicing witchcraft in your family. The same blood that saved you can save them. That's, right. That's something you must understand. The blood of Jesus covered every sin that exists. There is no one who is unsavable. <laughs> one time I remember I was hearing someone pray that, no, this, this, see, that pent up with strange prayer points. <laughs> Things that are, that are not backed by the scriptures. And that's why, look, I'll tell you this. I heard something from a man of God, which I agree. He said something. He said, when you're working with secular people, uh, that's the people who are not born again. Because, you see, when, you, when you're in a, in a company or in anywhere, you have all kinds of people. There are atheists. There are believers, staunch believers in there. When you're in such an environment, God doesn't put you there to compete. That means your job is not to pray that someone should come down for you to elevate. No. No. As in, you went to the same schools, right? Got the same qualifications, right? So why don't they deserve it more than you as well? Because you speak in tongues. 
But that's a story for another day. <laughs> Understand, when God places you somewhere, you are the light of the world. You are there on assignment. Not there to simply outshine people from where you're taken up or not. Now, I advocate, of course, for believers to be on the top of the system. But let's get there the right way. Not, not out of envy or anything. So, prayer points while you're praying that anyone who is in my seat, they come down. The, the, you see, these, these are strange prayer points that don't make any sense. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Joseph never prayed that no, anyone who is right now is a prime minister. <laughs> Out. So that I, I go there. <laughs> no. It doesn't exist. So we must pray correctly. You can be elevated by the word of God correctly. You can be elevated by prayer correctly. Correctly. So when people are praying, no, everywhere, everywhere. See, anyway, let me not talk about this. I think I, I have a very, I have a very strong message. Especially, I, I'm one person who understands things to do with prayer, with witchcraft and whatnot. I have understanding by the spirit of God, not by, you know, experience or anything. <laughs> it's by the spirit of God. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. It's by the Spirit of God. So I have, I have, I have understanding of, of some of those things. And one thing I'll tell you is this. And this is what you ought to understand. Maybe let me, let, let me build it up like this. We're talking about the key of knowledge, right? In any home, I should believe most homes have got more than one door. Most. <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> Most homes, <laughs> there are some who just have one, of course. But I should believe most homes, if you live in a home that has more than one door, you know what I'm talking about, right? And every door has got a key. Some of you lost your keys at home, but every door generally has got a key. The point is, there are certain keys in a home which are more important than others. All the keys can, have, can function in one house, but their importance is different. You would rather lose the keys maybe to your bedroom than themselves for the main door. Because if you lose one for the main door, you're in trouble. How are you going to enter? <laughs> because if you don't have the correct key to enter your house, even if you have the key to enter your bedroom, it's of no use. You get the point, right? So it means even in the faith, not all knowledge has the same value. Knowledge is at different levels in the faith. There is certain knowledge which is more important than other, than, than, than other knowledge. For example, I was, teaching, I was talking to you, I understand certain things about witchcraft and whatever, right? Now, it's okay for you to know whether there's witchcraft in your family, but it's more important to know what Jesus has done. That means it's of greater importance to know what the Lord has done than what witches have done. It's of greater importance to know what Jesus has done than what someone is doing to you. There are people who want to understand what other people are doing, not more than, what they, more than what, what, how they understand what Jesus has done for them. There are people who pray, let's say, for example, you may pray that, um, because look, I, I, there are, I've received prayer points, for example, where someone has had a bad dream, right? 
terrible. They've woken up, and sometimes you find there are dreams that are shocking in this world. I've usually when someone comes to me and they tell me to say, um, I dreamt of this, and I can tell this one is from the devil. According to your level of faith, sometimes they may not tell you what the dream means. Or I'll tell you what Jesus has done. Because the moment you know what the Lord has done, it doesn't matter what you, what you received in the dream. Right. You get the point, right? So the correct knowledge will apply whether you know something or you don't. That means they function. See, that's why I don't understand why someone would teach and actually even build a, a whole series about witchcraft. Like you're teaching five levels of... You understand. See, the knowledge of such things is not, it's not relevant for the believer. The knowledge of Christ is the only information that should fill your head. Don't be filled with information about demonology. These are not important things to know. You understand, right? You want to know the rankings of demons. You want to know, you even know there's that one in that one. You see, no, that's not correct. You see, is, that, is that information okay? It's okay. But is it necessary? It's not necessary. Why are you knowing who is, who is ranked from second from Satan? Why? What, what? So that what? So they should do what exactly? <laughs> In Genesis chapter number 1 verse 16, the Bible tells us something very important. The Bible says God created two lights, the greater light and the lesser light, right? We're talking about the sun and the moon in that moment. One to rule by day, the other one to rule by night. Now light in the scriptures is symbolic of revelation. That means there are greater revelations than lesser revelations. Mm, that's something. So there are certain revelations which are greater than others in the kingdom. So it's not important what you ate in your dream. It's important what Jesus has done. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not imp- there are pe- I know there are people here who have been taught if you eat in your dreams, you've seen, you've you've you've. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what you've got. People can't even eat freely in there. There is food. What do you want it to do? <laughs> no. What is food for? <laughs> so if you see it in your dream, what are you supposed to do with it? Ignore it. Just eat. No, because how can, how can someone with eternal life be affected by demonic activity in a dream? Amen. How do you wake up as the righteousness of God and be affected by demonic activity? It means you have the wrong information to begin with. So if something negative happens, can, can something negative happen if such thing? Yes, if you have the wrong information. Satan preys on wrong information. He gives you wrong information and he preys on it. He will make a party of it, but the correct, the correct revelation repels him. Yes. Automatically repels him. That's why you must know exactly what the Bible has said. Yes. See, your Bible is not meant to be closed. That's why, and then you open it on Sunday. Oh, yeah, you've got the Bible. No, study it throughout the week. Discover what the Bible has said about your righteousness. Discover what the Bible says about holiness. Discover what the Bible says about grace. Discover what the Bible says about the power of God. Discover all those things. When you discover you have the right knowledge, it means if Satan comes to you, you know the weapon to use. You understand, right? Now, I'm not, of course, saying learning about all those things are not important. See, if you want to think they're important, learn about them. But the knowledge of Christ is more important. It's more important. There are things which are more important than others in the kingdom. And knowledge, the, the correct knowledge, that's the key, of, the key of knowledge, is more important than anything else. It will lead you to exactly what Jesus has done. Praise God. Yeah. One time in the, in the Bible, when Adam had sinned, Adam hid from God. Adam told God, I am naked, so I hid from you. God, the first question God asked him, who told you you are naked? In other words, who is your source of information? The thing which you know, who told you? Didn't God know he was naked? 
God knew. Adam didn't know. Because God never gave it to him. That means he could see it, but he couldn't identify nakedness until God told him. <laughs> until, you see, uh, uh, until, we, until we had the right, you see, he, couldn't, he couldn't tell. All along. So who is your source of information? The thing you know about yourself, who told you? <laughs> now who told you? Jesus one time said something very striking. He said, no man could take his life. He could only lay it down. Mm-hmm. That means he had, he had information in his system that no one could kill him. Be so overwhelmed by the knowledge of God that there is nothing else that can happen to you. That can, see, be, there is nothing that can happen to you outside the, 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 the environment of God's words. Be so soaked in the word of God. Are you hearing me? So, know the right things. I'll give you an example. If let's say around 10 in the morning, your mom decided or your father decided, look, let's help each other do maybe guardian work at home or something. If you had cleaned yourself up before, you may try to protest. But I've bathed. You get my point, right? But if you didn't bath, you may, and if you have those home clothes, that no one should see you in. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> there are clothes that no one should see you in. Eh? Yeah. No, once you just hear someone is coming, you just change. Put a stingy on top with your lid. <laughs> So if you know you're wearing those, you easily just go and work. You get the point, right? So what you do next is dependent on the what, what you're wearing and how you are in that moment. You get it, right? It's the same with living right. You live right according to the knowledge you have about your righteousness. If you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you will live right. If you know you're not, you don't care. You will live anyhow. Yeah, you live anyhow. And that's why a number of believers have not been taught. To some, it has not registered in their spirits. They have to feel righteous in the morning. When you wake up, a hill song, you know, just playing in the background, you just feel this atmosphere. <laughs> Today we are feeling a certain way. I'm in the spirit. Don't piss me off, I'm in the spirit. You get the point, eh? People are testing me in this boarding house. I'm in the spirits. <laughs> so that way you will feel you, you are feeling a certain way. Therefore, you will live a certain way. But imagine if you woke up and you knew that's actually your that's actually your nature. That's how that's how you were born when you got born again. It means it's not something we're trying to do. It's something you, you, you see, even when when a child, for example. If a child messes up, do you throw away the child or you clean them up? That means God, what does God do when a child messes up? He cleans, he doesn't, God doesn't cast anyone away from you. You are banished from my presence. The sins you've committed are greater than, you. there is nothing. He, he, he brings them closer and corrects. 
God is more interested in correction. One time God appeared to, to Abraham and uh, told Abraham, God appeared in form of a man to Abraham, according to the scriptures. In that's Genesis 18. God appeared in form of a man to Abraham and told Abraham that he was going to have a, have a son through his wife, Sarah. Now, Sarah's overhearing the conversation. I don't know if that's the nature of that gender, but they were just overhearing. <laughs> As they were talking, Sarah was just somewhere trying to listen. <laughs> you get the point? <laughs> so Sarah tried to overhear the conversation. And when God said, you're going to have a child, now Sarah was past menopause. She was past it. <laughs> you understand, right? She passed it. Like she, she, Abraham was, was nearing 100. Sarah was only 10 years younger. Had to tell how old she was when God visited. So when Sarah heard that she was going to have a child, she laughed. <laughs> she laughed at God. God told us, why are you laughing? Guess what Sarah said? I didn't laugh. <laughs> she lied in the presence of God. <laughs> Lying to his face. I didn't laugh. And she even insisted. I didn't laugh. I assume she even had a straight face. <laughs> now, when that happened, did God say, no, in my presence, you dare lie? <laughs> In the presence of me who created you, you are lying. It's over for you. <laughs> Did he say that? No. no. Just about you lied. And then changed the topic. And says, in fact, I'm going to have a child. And moved on. And do you know what happened? When God remembers her, when you read Hebrews 11, God remembers her faith, not her doubt. That's right. There is nowhere when you read the whole, the whole faith in Hebrews 11 where God, where God talked about Sarah denying lying there. Not once. The Bible says she conceived by faith. That means the only information that passed according to God was her faith. It shows you how God sees man. <laughs> why are you seeing people different? <laughs> no, why are you seeing people different? That's why when someone comes to you and says they've messed up, look at them with the eyes of God. There is no sin too, too great for that God can forgive about them. Don't sit now after they've told you now in the middle of the night and meditating on it. That one. That brother. No, why aren't you partnering with God in the ministry of correction? Why aren't you partnering with God? If someone messes up even in church, why should you make it uncomfortable for them to come back? I know some of you are saying, because mm, you know you're mess- you've messed up, now you're back. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> we're here together. <laughs> but the point generally, why should you partner with the enemy? <laughs> so it means if, if, if someone feels condemned around you, it means you're not partnering with God. I'm not saying tolerate nonsense. Where every week someone keeps coming with the same problem. No. But you must be able to correct people. Amen. Amen. 
So have the right knowledge. Very important. So it doesn't matter what has happened. It matters what Jesus has done. What matters is the knowledge of the scriptures, not what someone else has done. So it means even if, let's say, there was demonic activity based on something that could have happened to you, it means the knowledge of the scriptures is far greater than anything that could have happened. It's far greater. You understand, right? It's far greater. I learned something quite early. Do you know that any believer can cast out devils? Are you aware? Are you aware that any believer, as long as you're a believer, how many devils have you cast out before? See if you know, since you know, I'm saying yes, Pastor. How many have you actually done? <laughs> or we just can't, we can't count, eh? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> Too many. You just have memories of that. That one, that one was just violent. <laughs> but <laughs> the point is, if there was something that happened to you that could have involved, or rather that could have opened doors to darkness, you can cast it out. It doesn't have to take a special session where now you begin to throw up. This is not a disturbing thing, eh? <laughs> Very disturbing things. I don't even enjoy doing such things. <laughs> Where you begin to roll on the ground and... No, you can just simply say, in the name of Jesus, anything in me, that sort of God, out. It's gone. You don't have to feel it. No, some, I felt something leave me. <laughs> I sensed it. <laughs> it left from this side of my body. See, it, it doesn't have to be. These things are subject to the name of Jesus. As long as you use his name and you do it by faith, there is no devil on the earth that can hear your voice. That's something you must understand. Any demon in this world can hear your voice if you use the name of Jesus. So have the right knowledge. Consume the right things. Consume the right books. Can I even do something greater? You are likely to know God more if you read your scriptures, than if you have a, a visitation from an angel. <laughs> because the Bible shows something, say, even Satan appears as an angel of light. There are people who've actually experienced strange things. I once heard someone talk, talk about how um, they had a visitation from an angel, and I don't know what something, they, there's a certain level of power they received after that visitation. I told them they saw Satan. You know why? Because the Bible tells us power comes from the Spirit of God, not an angel. There is no angel who can impart power in a man. It's not possible. So there are people who are craving for things that are irrelevant. <laughs> know the scriptures. You are likely to know God more. Yes. So don't think anyone who, you who comes to you, no, I, I, I saw them. They are, they're not deep sometimes. They just... See, seeing in the spirit is the best right for every believer. It doesn't make someone more matured. No, it doesn't. It really, really doesn't. Okay, let me give you this example. In the physical, if you bring a, a let's say, a 10-year-old, and you bring one who is 20, can they all see the same way? We tell them, what's this? 
They were able to see, right? Yes, sir. So, who is more mature between the two? <laughs> In seeing, they're the same. Mm-hmm. It just takes the human ability. So, it means if someone can't see, there's a disability. That should say something if you don't, if you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> I know some was a capita just like that. <laughs> you didn't you didn't get what I just said. <laughs> but, <laughs> that means it, you're, as a as a believer, you're supposed to it to be normal for you to hear from God. It shouldn't be strange that someone told you I heard from God. You, you hear from God. <laughs> no, it should be a very normal thing. Very to see in the spirit, these are normal things. We have to normalize them with the body of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's read more scriptures before I. So we go to Luke 21. It's a scripture many of us know. Luke 21, verse 33. Luke 21, verse 33. The Bible says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, I love this scripture because it shows us something very important. That's Luke chapter number 21, verse 33. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, why is that very important? Remember, I was talking to you about the key of knowledge. So it means when you get the correct knowledge of what Jesus has said, of what Jesus has done, you actually have information that can actually outlive the human body. You have information, you have knowledge that lives forever because all other knowledge in this world passes away. You understand, right? All other knowledge in this world passes away, but the word of God abides or stands forever. It doesn't pass away. In other words, the word of God has no ability to die. It has no ability in itself to die. It doesn't. That's why the, cor- the correct information concerning what Jesus has done is very important, very critical. <laughs> I told you earlier, it's not important to know what a negative dream means. Sometimes, sometimes when you dream something negative, don't even, try to, don't even try to seek interpretation. Just try to find your way out. What does this mean? If someone, if someone is from talking to you, what, does, what do you think it means? <laughs> Now, what do you think it means? <laughs> what does it mean? Some, some interpretation are not necessary. <laughs> you understand? It's not necessary to do certain things. What's important is what Jesus has done. The knowledge, you see, one thing you must, you must understand is this. Firstly, when Jesus died, he died for all. When he rose from the dead, he rose the dead for all. When he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, he did it on our behalf as well. What that means is, when you understand what it means that he rose from the dead, every other information he could have had growing up, it becomes irrelevant. Because him being raised from the dead means he defeated Satan entirely. There is no part of the enemy that was not defeated. I'll give you this example. There is such a thing in this world that a lot of you maybe have heard about called generational curses. Have you ever heard about them? 
Now, I want to understand something. Maybe help me understand. The Bible tells us Jesus became a curse for us, right? According to the book of Galatians, right? That means Jesus actually broke every curse that ever existed, right? Right? We believe that, right? So now, the question is, are there cases that Jesus didn't deal with? Think about it. If there are certain things, you see, a number of a number of people behave as though every curse Jesus dealt with it, but that one is for you to deal with. Like you have to be the one to break it. If you don't break it, it can't be broken. That's a lie. Your knowledge of the fact that Jesus did it all is enough. The moment you know that every curse was broken, it doesn't matter what happened. No, my grandfather did this. As in, your, your grandfather, forget about him with his whatever, whatever he did. No, my great, forget about them all of them. It doesn't matter what they did. The knowledge of the scriptures, the knowledge of what Jesus has done, the knowledge of the fact that Jesus defeated every power of Satan, the knowledge of the fact that there is no, there is no curse that Jesus didn't break in this world. It means I can't be cursed. I am too blessed to be cursed because Jesus arose from the dead and he dealt with everything. It means if, there's ever, if there was ever any word ever spoken about my generation, the moment I got born again, it ceased. I birthed forth a new generation from their hands. You must understand the scriptures more than anything else. The knowledge, there are people who try to look for patterns in the family. When they've been taught anything, you now begin to look for patterns. Oh, my, my grandfather oh, my grandfather was, was a witch doctor. Therefore, we have to pray hard in this family. We don't have to pray hard. All you have to do is just believe in Jesus. That's all you have to do. As important as prayer is, the knowledge of the scripture is more important. That's something you must when you know when you know when, when you know what the Lord has done for you, that's more important than anything else. Because in prayer, you could be breaking things Jesus broke. That means I'm spending more time doing what, what, what Jesus already did. It's like, imagine a, a boxing match. I gave this example several years ago. A, a, a boxing match. There, maybe a professional boxer is fighting someone else. They're fighting, they're fighting, and they win. And they tell, look, this victory is yours. Get it. You go there with your energy and you begin to fight as well. What are you fighting? <laughs> he told you to get his victory. What are you busy fighting in that moment? It means that fight is irrelevant. So it means every time you stand and begin to break certain things, irrelevant. We are breaking orders. Who, who, who erected them? Hey. Hey. Especially people who break orders every week. You broke orders last week, <laughs> this week. Irrelevant information. So it doesn't, even, I'm not saying these things called orders are not there. They could be there. But all I know is that what Jesus has done. He erected the greatest altar. And it's before the Father now. When I worship, I worship before the altar of God. That's all I do. Hey. You understand, right? The knowledge of the scriptures is more important. Get knowledge. Get it. And you must understand it. He rose from the dead. He rose. He never left anything remaining. When he rose, he defeated all of it. Can I tell you something? Jesus would have never rose if he didn't defeat Satan. He would have stayed in the grave. Resurrection is proof that Satan is defeated. That's why for you to be born again, you have to believe in the resurrection. You have to believe it. So it's not important to know, no, who cares who? who cares? No, there are people who want to pray more because, no, they don't have to pray more. Mm-hmm. You understand, right? Yes, no, they don't have to. It's not necessary. Get the correct knowledge of the scriptures. That's more important. Have it and hold on to it. Yes, Praise God. Amen. Yeah, hold on to it. Do you see how a dog goes onto a bone when you're the water? Hold, you can't, even if the dog is to bite you, you can't get it from there. They'll hold on jealously. Hold on to the knowledge of the scriptures. 
Praise God. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what someone did. It matters what Jesus did. It's more important. Are there patterns that you've observed in your family? Now, notice the pattern of Christ, not their patterns. No, me and my family, all these things happen. They happen to everyone. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Are we denying they happen? No, we're not denying. We are agreeing they happen. But we're rejecting them to happen to us. You know why? Because our faith is in Jesus. That's right. Not in all these things. I know I'm talking to someone now. Yes, yeah. I know some of you have been dealing with certain things and you've been breaking certain things. <coughs> hey, this, this is for breaking. Um, John chapter number six. John chapter number six, verse 67. John chapter number six, verse 67. But for context, let's start. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll explain later. Then we'll just read from 67, 67 and 68. Those will be our focus. Now, for context, let me explain a little, okay? So Jesus performed a miracle, all right? And it was the miracle where he multiplied fish and bread. Remember that miracle, right? He fed thousands in that meeting. And after he fed them, of course, they were there to listen to him uh, teach and, and all that. He began to teach them the word of God. And he began to explain things that I think if, if many of us were in that meeting would have done exactly the same thing that everyone else did. Because Jesus began to teach about him, about people drinking his blood and eating his body. Now that's a strange teaching if you're hearing a man talk about it like that. <laughs> you understand, right? Yes. Imagine you come to church and the pastor like, I have to drink my, I have to drink my blood. Eat my flesh. Satanism. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So after Jesus began to teach these things, the Bible records that people began to leave him. Because the things that he began to teach were too hard for them to understand. People began to leave. And like I said, I think many of us have done the same. These new teachings of nowadays, because they were used to being taught by the Pharisees. So they say, ah, this one, this one is out of God. <laughs> so Jesus asked a question to the disciples in verse 67. John chapter number 6, verse 67. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? <laughs> and then verse 68 says, But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Have you seen that? Lord, where can we go? You have the words. In other words, the words you speak, Lord. We can't find them anywhere else. <laughs> the words we hear you teach, we can't find them anywhere else. And that's why the knowledge of the scriptures is more important. Because those are the words of eternal life. They don't, the word of God doesn't die. No, it can't die. And that's why when you have someone who needs something, let's say, for example, even a healing or a deliverance or something, when, when they sit under the word of God, there is nothing that, there's nothing that can happen. To, there's, no, there's, not, there's nothing that the word of God can't do to them. 
it can heal them of anything, break anything that that ever existed in them. If, even if even if even if Satan himself decided to come on them. It says, where can we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Now, are you able to develop that attitude towards the word of God? Say, so the word of God are the words of life. When I'm studying, I'm, I'm consuming the words of life. When I'm taking the word of God in, I'm, I'm taking in the, the, the words of life. When I'm meditating on the word of God, I'm meditating on the words of life. When, see, my understanding of the scriptures is the understanding of the words of life. I don't, see, when the Bible talks about having the word of life, it means every other word can die. The words of every man can die, but not the words of God. Are you aware that the word of God is the only thing that he's bound by? He's bound by his words. He's bound by his words. And that's why you must be interested as a believer in the word of God. Have an interest in the scriptures. That's when we tell, turn the book of John, you're searching in Genesis. <laughs> you want to sell to find John right there. It means you, you don't study your scriptures. You don't even know what's, 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 in, what's in your Bible. Many believers don't know what's in the scriptures. Some people suffer for free. The things that Jesus paid for, some, someone is suffering for it. Like you're carrying the same yoke Jesus carried on your behalf. You've decided, Lord, what, what you did is not enough. Let me take it on my own. And you take it and go on with life. So there, there are times when, when someone is going through something and you realize that this one is unnecessary. This situation is so unnecessary. The knowledge of the scriptures is, is, is far great. And that's why when you come, let's say, for example, you've come to me and you've come for prayer. There are certain situations that even if we casted out a devil out of you, you may still experience certain things because what you need is knowledge. It's far greater than anything else. Are we together? Yeah. In Galatians chapter number three. Let's read it together. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 1. <laughs> Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had received the truth. They saw the truth. But they were walking in something contrary to the truth. And Paul called it witchcraft. That's the more has bewitched you. <laughs> no, Jesus has done something. And you see, I love the convictions of Paul. Paul told the in Galatians that, see, they should be, they should, he was shocked that they received another gospel other than the one that, that, that was taught to them. He says, even if an angel from heaven taught them another gospel, he says, let them be accursed. He had the convictions that the gospel is the only message that can save. The gospel is the only message that can deliver. The gospel is the only message that can bring that, that can bring sanity to humanity. That's the only message that could do it. And when they had gone astray, he called them foolish and asked them, what has bewitched you? Witchcraft is not just flying at night. It's also teaching someone things contrary to what Jesus has done. Why are you teaching people? <laughs> anyway, let me not say. Mm. One time someone told me to say, 
judgment day will be interesting. I told them, we're all not going to experience it. Because if you know what the Bible says, why am I being judged for the very things Jesus did? I thought he was judged on my behalf. But that's, 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 that's another topic, eh? I know that's strange for some of you. But that's, the Bible talks, tells us that for the believer, they will appear before God and receive their rewards. That's what the Bible tells us. Have the correct knowledge. Have the correct knowledge. When you have the right knowledge, you see, when I was younger, I remember I was told that there was, maybe some of you are too young, but I think there was, I don't remember what year, but the people who told us that the world would come to an end. What, what year that was? Not, I think there was a year before that. There was something before, before, before the year 2012. <laughs> before the year 2012. 2012, they even did a movie for it. Yeah, that, that's, but there was something um, where some white missionaries spread it across Africa. It was the news and whatever news. By then, there was no social media, so there was like a lot of news newspapers and whatever. So when I got it, when I when I got the news and the day was cooking close, I was afraid. <laughs> when the day reached, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. I was like, Ish, why make it? You know what I mean, right? Why make it? I was I was afraid in that moment. But that, now that I am born again and I know what it means to be born again, if Jesus himself told me I don't mean another man. If Jesus himself told me that he's coming tomorrow, I will not have to repent of anything. I'll be excited because I know where I'm going. If you'll be worried, mm, my sister, if you have to be worried, it means today we have to help you. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. The Bible tells us to, that you should make your election sure. Everyone should have the confidence. You see, when you're born again, you know it. Mm. No, you know it. No one will have to tell you. You know. Especially sometimes when people try to tell me, I'm also born again. They know deep down. If you just ask them questions, they know. Are you born again? Yes. The correct knowledge will help you live right before God. The correct knowledge will help you open greater doors in the kingdom. So in the kingdom of God, there's such a thing called the key of knowledge. So it means anything that you will need from God in the kingdom, you have to get the right knowledge first. Because if you are helped, listen, there's nothing wrong with being helped by a prayer. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's actually very, very good. And the Bible tells us, for example, when people are sick, we lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover, right? It's a very spiritual thing that if you're unwell, we come, we come, we pray for you. However, what happens if there's no one to pray for you in a, in a particular... For example, you fall sick in the middle of the night. What do you do? Do you wait until morning? That means you will suffer the whole night. You understand, right? So there has to come a point when you have to understand the scriptures for yourself such that even if there was no one to help you in that moment, you're able to get the word of God for yourself and use it. That's the key for discipleship. That's why you have to, let's see, Jesus was not, I love Jesus because he was not even an insecure pastor. 
Jesus was not so interested to a point where he, he taught the church that they would experience greater miracles than himself. He wasn't insecure about it. He didn't mind the church experiencing greater than what he, what, what he walked in. Are we together? Yeah. So every person here, I want you, I'm giving you a challenge, especially this week. Give yourself targets as to what are some of the things that you've known that perhaps are not in line with the nature of God, the character of God. For example, if you've known unforgiveness in your heart, is that in line with the scriptures? You hold, see, there are people who hold on grudges. Mm, look at your neighbor. <laughs> Do they look like the type? <laughs> I'm just saying no, but in your heart, like, who are you? <laughs> if I offended her. <laughs> what you have to look at yourself and ask yourself certain questions. The things that I, what I know about prayer, what I know about studying the scriptures, what I know about, about things like giving, about things like serving, what I know about all these things, how, how accurate is it according to the scriptures? How accurate is it according to the scriptures? You give yourself a target and then you begin to assess the scriptures for yourself. Don't, don't just read the Bible when you are those, there are those, those affirmation trains that go on, on social media. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or verse of the day pops up in, on, your, on your phone. Your smartphones now, you read what the Bible says and then you're like, oh yeah, amen. No, get in the scriptures. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. It says, study. In other words, the word of God must be studied. When you are studying for a school, how do you study? Now, some of you, you need absolute concentration. Eh? You will ensure that you are in a quiet place. Those who have quiet places like, like, I, like, like I used to when I was in school. You go to a quiet place and you begin to study because you are giving yourself time and you want the right um, atmosphere. For you, for you to understand what you are, what you understand, eh? what, what, you, what you want to understand. So study the scriptures thoroughly. Get the right information as a believer. Don't go, don't, don't be at the point where you reach 10 years in a Christian and go like, the things I've known were, were a lie. Like, what I knew was a lie. No, it's honestly very, it's commendable, for example, when believers actually decide after maybe 10 years that, that they knew wrong information. But the question is, where were you all this while that you're not studying the scriptures for yourself to know whether it was false or not? As commendable as it is, if someone comes up, no, I've now realized that this was wrong. No, all this, where were you? What Bible were you reading? You understand, right? Yeah, so study the scriptures for yourself. Make it personal. Make it very, very personal. Make it very, very personal. Get in the word of God. Knowledge is more important, like I said. It's more important. If you don't have the correct knowledge, you'll be deceived. Deception is a function of lack of knowledge. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Not, not, not because they lack the anointing. No, they can be anointed and perish. <laughs> they, can be, they can be full of grace and perish if they're not knowledgeable. So you have to know these things. You have to know them. What has God said concerning your health? I'll give an example. The first thing that I was taught about my health or about healing is the fact that um, 
healing exists uh, to every child of God and therefore it's meant or rather God decided that there should be sickness so that he can show his glory through healing. I was taught that when I was young, when I was quite young. Can I tell you something? Healing was, not plan, was, was never plan B for God. So no, I've created everything. Now this is no plan B, healing. <laughs> God created divine health. He created divine health. And when you come in Christ and you begin to walk in eternal life, it becomes your inheritance. Your knowledge is very important. You understand, right? Your knowledge of it is very critical. Very critical. So what have you known concerning this thing called healing? What have you known called this thing called eternal life? There are people here who, even things like the anointing, what have you known? Do you believe there are such a thing called, as in, called the anointing? Or do you believe that every, every believer is anointed? Do you, be, do you believe that you have the Holy Spirit? Do you believe it? When the Bible t- tells us to touch not the anointing, who does it talk about? Let's start from there. <laughs> when the Bible tells you to touch not the anointed, who, who is it talking about? Does that mean there are people who are anointed? And then the Bible says, these ones don't touch them, but you can touch the rest. <laughs> there is no believer who is not anointed. So the Bible says that's not the anointing, it includes you. So every time sickness starts to touch you, just guess. There was an instruction that my life should not be touched. Praise God. Let's stand up to pray.